This is Lucy. And Charlie. And welcome to The Way We See It. This is our podcast on the way we see life. So, thank you so much, everybody, for checking out our very first podcast. Indeed. Uh, slash YouTube, because we're on the tube as well. Like, the feedback's been absolutely amazing. Like, it's a little bit um, overwhelming, actually, I think, some of the time. Actually, when you hear people kind of, like, talk about you and be like, oh, my God, it was amazing. Like, just not used to it, because... We did it because we were like, we've got shit to say. Not because we were like, oh, we want to like create a podcast, you yeah. know? And honestly, I talk a lot of shit, so I just like to talk. So let's let's just keep with that vibe. I like that. So yeah, yeah it was great. So um, some of the feedback we've had, and I think some of the things that, you know, we really touched on in the first podcast were more around personal development, like what it is, how yeah. we see it, you know, how social media is a powerful tool for it, but also you know sometimes can be the opposite of that i think we talked a lot around um people's like concepts of personal development and possibly you know and i think the one liner that really i took from that last podcast and that other people did is that most people are afraid of personal development because it's going to basically show them all the ways that they talk they keep themselves in their own bullshit it's a scary thing when you realize that oh shit all those bad things that happened to me across the whole of my life i was responsible for that that's on me yeah oh great yeah yeah. yeah, it's not fun. It's not a fun realisation, is it? So, and that's where personal development can be a little bit scary. So I think we're going to kick off. I mean, obviously, we tend to ramble and rant and float and jump around. But I think we're going to start with talking about our personal development journeys, how we started, and then For really sure. how to kind of move forward from there. Yeah, I feel like people learn better through people telling them, like drawing parallels between them and other people's experiences. Words don't teach, stories do. Exactly. And that's think, why they're I a think our brains think in pictures more than you know like yeah so when we tell a so. story we can visualize and i think you know and that's what you know if we even think back to the bible you know a lot of what that was was a story and the mm, concept symbolism, of totally metaphors like that's what all exists for is that it's a more poetic version of hearing you're a fucking tool it's hearing mm. a metaphor that says you're a fucking tool <laughs> with, the, with, the, with the bible there's like so many that's a whole broad topic there's so many like little mistranslations like the kingdom of the heaven the kingdom of heaven in the bible is actually translated from Hebrew. And in Hebrew, the kingdom of heaven means the kingdom of the sky. So just that talk about that perspective is that we've like assigned heaven as this crazy place. And it's actually not. It, it just means that heaven is a place on earth type thing. It's just the everything is that exists and we look to the stars for guidance. And that is that is what heaven is. And the best way to start creating heaven in your own life is to figure out how to get out of hell. So, AKA means, personal development and your own inner demons. <laughs> Let's get on it. Go. So, um, um, yeah. So go, go ahead. So my personal development story. So I guess my personal development journey, um, this is going to sound seriously poetic and like something out of a film, but this is no bullshit. Exactly what happened. <laughs> right, so on. basically I, um, was going for a breakup and I had watched the film eat, pray, love. But had never. I'm not even joking, right? Okay, but because I'm a chick, right? We watch chick flicks. Anyway, so I watched the. Anyways, but I thought, you know what? I'm gonna read the book, right? So I read the book, Eat, Pray, Love, and actually, it's actually about somebody finding their own journey, and she goes on her own spiritual journey, finds herself, learns to love herself, blah blah blah. So anyway, I'm reading this, and I, um, at this time, my friend um, is traveling. She's like, babes, I'm gonna be in America for two weeks. I was like, sweet, I'm going to jump on a plane and just join you for those two weeks because Dope. I like, fuck it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Stick it on a credit card, it'll be fine later. We'll talk about money in another podcast episode. Um, <laughs> but I <laughs> jumped on a plane. We had the best two weeks. Went to Vegas, uh, San Diego, 
Lele, like it was dreamy. All the like the majors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had like the, the, the like the best time. But we were in um San Diego and we went on a bus to like a beach or something, like some kind of resort y type place. And then we um we went to she went to borders. She wanted to get like postcards to send home. She was away for quite a long time, right? She, she was kind of keeping in touch with family. Went into Borders, which is an American version of like Waterstones, basically. Right. And she was off doing, like, I just thought, I'm just going to look in this section, right? And I was just like wandering around, and obviously I must have ended up in the self help section or some kind of like latest bestseller. <laughs> subconscious driving your behavior. Like, I'm going through a breakup. <laughs> I'm sad inside a lot. <laughs> um, and, I ended, and I'm not joking you, a book fell off the shelf onto the floor. I just thought someone's pushed it from the other side because they were old school bookshelves, right? Like, literally, like... Like a 90s high school like, movie. Yeah, both sides had books, right? So if yeah, you move yeah, one, yeah. the others move, blah, blah. So I just thought, oh, it's fallen off. Picked it up. And it's got a tub of ice cream on the cover. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, what's that about? Guess what the book was called? It's called A Breakup Because It's Broken. <laughs> okay. No fucking joke. So I read this book, and quite honestly, this book was the catalyst to change in my life. Now, I didn't know that that was the case at the time. Now, the reason I didn't know that was the case was because basically in this book, it's written by two authors, Greg, I can't say his surname, Greg and Amelia, I'll call them. Yeah. You can find it on Amazon. It's a paperback. It's never been translated to audio. Should be because it's incredible. I'll be the narrator. Um, <laughs> I'll give them a shout. Um, but yeah, this has been put onto a paperback book. You can get it. And I've recommended this book probably over a hundred times. I should get shares in this book. But in this book, it talks about, it basically takes the piss out of breakups. And not in a derogatory sense or disrespectful sense of relationship, but it basically highlights the situation that both Greg and Amelia were in because they actually are a married couple and ended up together, right? right. They're also the authors of He's Just Not That Into You. So that's the kind of tone of it is, are you that guy that stood on the lawn with a stereo <laughs> at her window? Yeah. Like, you're Boom a fucking loser. Yeah. Like, you're a loser. Like, it's funny, right? So it's not this serious, like, oh, and if this happened... Which this is, is so important, because I think when people go through that kind of shit, it's so dark and depressing and bleak and lonely. and Absolutely. People fucking need humour. I think humour is so important. So we were kind of like... So I read this book and I literally read it cover to cover to cover to cover like a hundred times. Like, I was obsessed with it. It was so funny, but also so real. And do you know what? It was just so true. If it, it's called a breakup because something is broken, mm. you do not end a relationship, particularly mine was quite a long-term relationship. You don't end a long-term relationship for no reason. No. And so anyway, I read this book and little did I know what an impact this book would have moving forward. So not only did I recommend it to like, freaking 100 million people subsequently but in that book what do you think they call women what kind of nickname or affectionate term might and charlie doesn't know this story this is why this is funny might they refer to women as what do i refer to women as in my business uh foxes super foxes so that is where the term super fox came from okay that's dope so ironically my very first my heartbreak a book falling off the shelf my brother i don't fucking know no because i don't don't tell people so this is big okay so my very first personal development story was basically ironically getting that book in my hands was absolutely meant to happen because i then went on to create a couple of years later team super fox and ultimately a very big international coaching brand under that name. Now that was the very first book I read, but what that book talks about was totally about owning who you are. Now, my personal development journey kind of evolved from there. And really, like I've talked honestly about this, and if you are watching this on YouTube, you can go down to my story part one and two. And in that I talk about basically what happened to me and 
the, the worst year of my life. And I'm not going to go into that on this podcast, but I went through bereavement, a breakup, toxic shock, an operation, um, insomnia, a very high stress corporate so job. Suffice it to say, a busy year. It was a shit, shit. <laughs> it was a shitter of a year, mate. And um, so anyway, that but that year was the best year of my life because it was the worst year of my life, and it catapulted me in a direction that ultimately I couldn't have wished for better because my life mm. has been in a much better trajectory since then. But the next book I then went on to read was um, I lived with our aunt for a bit, and she had a bookshelf in the room that I was staying in, and on that bookshelf was a book called The Secret. And I picked up that book and for the very first time grasped the concept of law of attraction, which we touched on in our very first podcast. And from that day forward, personal development was in my life. So personal development was touched on with that very first book. Eat, Pray, Love was kind of opening me up to it in a fictional sense, but ready enough to read that. You know, it's called A Break Because It's Broken, which then led me to obviously being able to read The Secret and totally grasp its concepts. And subsequently since then, I am fully, you know, I call myself a personal development junkie. Not because I just absorb it and think, oh, that's fun, I can use some cool quotes on Instagram, Mm. but because I have actually just continually worked on myself. Don't get me wrong, there's things I still 100% need to work on. We're never done. But that was the very beginning of my personal development journey. What was yours? Um, I can't really like place mine to a specific incident. I think I've had uh, an accumulation of moments across my life which have been transformative, to say the least. Um, So I would say... I've always had like a natural curiosity um, just for, I think, the mystical side of life. And I've been, as a result, developed quite an open belief system. So I've always had kind of like this, like, belief that there's always more than what we can currently see because we can only, like, our eyes can only see so far, our minds can only see so far. Mm -hmm. Um, If I had to trace it back to a few moments, it's basically started when I was a teenager, actually. Um, And I noticed... It was like I was like 14 maybe and I noticed I had a hard time saying no to people. Okay, people pleaser. Just in general. And it, it was like I was always honest and I was never afraid to say what I thought about someone or to someone. But that saying no became really difficult for me. And that like very, the very start of that ended up leading me on uh, a massive kind of journey since then. Um, just in terms of I... Like I touched on before in the previous podcast, I'd accumulated a lot of belief systems that didn't serve me mm-hmm. and recognised that I basically hit this point where I was like, why the fuck am I so stressed all the time and why do I hate myself on a daily basis? Yeah. And it's because of what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and where who I'm surrounding myself with and the environment I'm in and my career aspirations and all these kind of aspects. So that lead that caused me to develop a new belief system which actually supported my dreams and aspirations so it started with learning to say no and that obviously then turned itself into acquiring friendships and connections that actually benefited me which then some like cemented the idea in my head that i am capable of achievement and once i hit that stage i basically learned how to think for myself and trust myself and I think this is the biggest thing with like personal development and self-love is that self-love is indivisible from self-trust it's the same thing so as you learn to love yourself you have to learn to develop some sort of trust within yourself that what you are doing is the right decision so after a while I finished college and I was working a job I hated for two years in this shitty little warehouse and I wasn't getting along with the people I worked with at the time not because of the people just because of where my mindset was at mm-hmm. um, and after a while, I decided I was going to quit and I was going to go, I was going to audition for drama school. 
because I had dreams that I wasn't tapping into, I had talents I wasn't utilising and I wanted to do it and I think going to drama school was probably one of the best decisions I ever did because it actually enabled me to learn self-discipline for the first time in my life. I was very undisciplined. The transformation up. in you in the time that you were at drama school yeah. was, and we didn't, like, don't get me wrong, like, we spent a lot of time together now because, like, we, well, we just spent more time together, yeah. but we, we actually didn't. Like, I think we spent a lot of time together when we were very young. So just to be clear, we're actually 10 years apart. So I'm 31 and you're 21. Yeah. And so there was the kind of that stage in my 20s where I was off doing my own thing yeah. where you were mid-teens. So there was a big gap in, like, we had a big gap in separation. But we even But even despite that, the change in you was very evident from pre-drama school to post-drama school. Yeah, and I think, so my personal development really started with being sick of my surroundings, being sick of how I felt and wanting to change it and realising I'm worth more and realising I can have more if I change my mindset to accommodate the desires I have. Mm -hmm. So my life has sort of now become more goal-oriented, not in the sense of like, I absolutely need to achieve my goals to achieve some sort of happiness but because that is what makes me feel fulfilled and how I feel like I'm living my purpose is if I am actively engaging in creativity and communication and all these things like I like to do like making music for instance um, and I feel like that is the biggest thing for me is that it's like having a creative outlet has enabled me to let go of so many limiting beliefs which I think this is probably the next point of um, personal development is identifying core beliefs that you have about yourself and the world that don't serve you and letting them go and replacing them so I'm just going to pull out two things that you've said that for me really like resonate generally from both the stuff I do with my clients but also in my own life and the first one is that you got sick of yourself yeah I pass there was a great um so anyone that's really into kind of the law of attraction or anything around that would probably have heard of Abraham Hicks so we'll probably have heard of the whole concept of um Esther and Jerry Hicks who were basically interpreters for the spirit that was Abraham Hicks it's a very open-minded concept but for me it's something that I quite like to listen to it floats my boat you know it's every, every each of their own and all that but what I then subsequently found is that one of these audios that I listened to, I actually found really powerful. It was basically about a guy and he was, and I've spoken to a few people about this, and this guy was basically saying, so, you know, Abraham or whatever you want to call it, they were saying, I've, you know, like, I've, I've got this new house and I absolutely love this new house, but, you know, I've had three house fires. Like, what's mm. wrong with me? Am I going to have another one? Yeah. And, you know, Esther, I remember Esther slash Abraham, what do you call it, turned around and said, but do you like the new house? And he was like, yeah, I love the new house. It's like the best house ever. And she's like, sometimes we need to have a house fire to make us move house. Oh, now I know, truth. like, I know that sounds really literal, but actually the metaphorical meaning behind that is yeah. sometimes we need to have the big fucking explosions. Sometimes we need to have the real shit storms. Sometimes we need to have the big shit because we are so comfortable in the day-to-day -day monotony of our lives. And we're so caught up in those limiting beliefs, the environments we've constructed, the mm. belief systems that we have and the people around that that support that because we're always going to want to prove ourselves right. So we're always going to mm -hmm. create environments around us that make us right whether that's negative or positive. So by putting those things in place, sometimes we need the biggest fucking clusterfuck of all clusterfucks. Sorry, mum, if you're listening back to this. <laughs> to, um, to make us move house, to make us move on. And Honestly. when people say about being sick of themselves, like, you know, I sometimes say, like, you know, with my clients, whatever, they're like, I'm bored of myself. I'm like, bored's not enough. Yeah. Like, bored, fed up, 
in uninterested, disinterested, whatever. it's not enough. Sometimes mm. if you aren't moving forward, if you're not actually making yourself move, sometimes it's got to get real fucking bad before mm. you're going to make that next step. So that's one thing I wanted to bring out is most people who are well known for personal development. So if we bring up some of the, the famous famous names for me, if you want to call it. So your um, your Lewis Howes of the world, your Gab- Gabrielle Bernstein, your Tony Robbins, you know, those types of people, mm. you know, those people were, so um, Lewis Howes was a bankrupt athlete living on his sister's sofa. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein struggled with fertility issues for a very long time. She was also a drug addict previously. Yeah. Tony Robbins was homeless and working in a janitor. In a, like these people had reached a point that where there was no more. They were like, I am done. Yeah. And that was me. So after my he- year of hell, I turned around and I was like, screw this. I'm done. Yeah. And that was when I was ready to receive the personal development. And what I find a lot in my super fox coaching with the mindset modules is I find a lot of girls come in and go, I don't need personal development. And I'm like, girl, you're 22. You fucking do. But obviously I'm not going to say that to them. But what I find is that sometimes they get so sick of their own bullshit. They're sick of their own eating behavior, sick of their own patterns, sick of their own habits. Then they're ready to absorb it. So that's number one is sometimes guys, you might not be open to personal development yet. If you're listening to this, you probably are. Because the fact that you've chosen to A, follow me, follow Charlie, or follow our podcast says to me that you're interested in something that we exactly. believe in. But more than anything is that you probably had that moment where you were sick to death of yourself. Yeah. And I want to just quickly say something. So, like, for anyone out there, right, who, like, actually recognises that things aren't serving them, don't beat yourself up because... You wouldn't do something if you thought it was deliberately detrimental to you. You know, you would you'd only do things that you think are actually going to serve you and benefit you. And so, like, yeah, just give yourself a little bit of credit for, like, the fact that you're even open to changing the beliefs you have is the right way to start, you know? Like, totally, totally, totally. So, and the second thing that you touched on was about limiting beliefs, which I know we're going to go on to in a minute. I'm talking about belief systems. I think we're both going to talk about the belief systems that we had, maybe where they came from and how to reconstruct them. But I think just to touch on what you just said about um, you wouldn't do something to intentionally, like, sabotage or detriment yourself. And that's so, so true. So this concept of self-sabotage, I actually don't believe in self-sabotage. I I think it's total bullshit. It's mis. This is the way I describe it. It's a misguided attempt at self-love. Yeah, for real. So whatever it is that you're doing, so whatever your behaviour is, whether your behaviour is binge eating, oversleeping, drinking, smoking, uh, I don't know, partying, sleeping around, jumping jobs, like literally I could list a million things. Any particular vice. Vice, you you call, yeah. yeah. It's not, you're not trying to hurt yourself. The human brain just wants homeostasis, it wants comfort, and it wants that sense of security. And I'm gonna cover off the six human needs maybe in another podcast, but the core elements of that is that your brain wants to keep you happy. And what I really want people to recognize is that by keeping you happy, you have just taught your brain that these vices make you feel better when you feel shit. That's it. You've taught yourself a simple pattern loop and that pattern loop can be rewired. It can't be undone. So the analogy I always use is like VHS players. You're way too young for this. But like, I remember VHS players. <laughs> I, remember, I remember. But like videos, right? So you put a video in the video player, right? You can't erase it and make it blank. No. You can only write over it. It's yeah. the same thing with habits, patterns, and beliefs. You can't erase them. You can't pull them out of your brain and blank them, right? Yeah. 
all you can do is rewrite them. So is you can have something else that you play over the top, over and over again, until the previous file is deleted. I just want to say something to add on to yeah. that as well, is that if you're approaching self-development from a perspective of, I acknowledge I have these aspects in me and I would like to get rid of them, then you are going about it com the completely wrong way. It's not about learning to get rid of your demons, it's about learning how to deal with them and learning how to deal with them so effectively that they no longer dominate your behavior and your and thoughts. or heal them by yeah. finding out where they came from what the triggers are and yeah. learning to love them and yeah, learning exactly. to give them the you know and i i actually think you know i'm going to give a shout out to somebody who i worked with for a while um so Rachel and David Godfrey. So if anyone doesn't follow them, um, you can give them a follow on, it's DX Godfrey, I think he is on Instagram. And I worked with those guys when I was going through my binge eating behaviors. Now, you know, total transparency, I didn't heal my binge eating during my time with them. Actually, my binge eating came probably, healing that came probably a year later. And I'm going to touch on how that happened, maybe in another podcast. But one thing I did learn from David was that he gave, we did this meditation one day and he basically got me to describe myself and I basically described myself as almost like three different people like I almost had multiple personalities and he basically did this meditation with me where he made me one person where he enabled me to bring those three parts of me together and heal them and recognize that they are all me yes and this is something that Gabrielle Bernstein talks a lot about is that all these aspects of yourself all these parts of your behavior whether it's the drug addict in you whether it's the like I think I, just catch it, yeah. I think Charlie just got a fly. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> the drug addict in you, the the lover in you, the obsessive compulsive disorder in you, they're all parts of you. Mm. So stop trying to fight them. Like you said, stop trying to treat them as things you need to get rid of and actually start to recognise they're parts of you that you've separated from who you really are because yeah. you either don't resonate with them and they've just become a habitual behaviour yeah. or actually you've separated yourself from that behavior or that thing that you do because it was a painful time in your life. Exactly, but also if you recognize that those things are parts of you and you know that you need to disidentify with them, don't make that like a almost like martyr syndrome where you're like, I have these aspects and I have to push them away. I have to not focus on them. Like, no, they're with you for a reason and they're teaching you something about yourself for a reason. So yeah. learn to accept that they are there and what they actually have to teach you because again, your brain is not going to offer you anything that is not going to benefit your survival. Yeah, because period. You, like that's and it. that's why we have these vices in the first place is because our brains want to make us feel happy and comfortable so yeah. that we survive. And this is why our primal instincts of eat, sleep and reproduce and, you know, they are always there. Yeah. So even in the depths of our despair when we don't want to eat, that's only going to go on for so long. And then you're mm. going to probably find yourself in the opposite cycle of overeating yes. right because your brain wants to keep you your you and your body alive wants to keep you comfortable and this is where these vices come from now these vices appear because you're probably struggling with these limiting beliefs that make you feel like shit about yourself yeah. and so what happens is you society provides us situations things tangible tools to help us feel better and yeah. you know for me the most common one that i always recognize is food <clears throat> right it's the most socially acceptable it's widely available and mm -hmm. nobody's going to judge you for buying a tub of ice cream nope it's in fact encouraged yeah in pop culture it's reinforced through movies i want to say something though so all these vices that you mentioned addiction for me is not necessarily just mean that you are constantly sniffing yay or that you're smacked out behind an alleyway addiction no. manifests itself in every aspect of your life anything that you do to excess in order to avoid how you feel is addiction the root cause of all addiction is a lack of connection 
So what we do is we find substitutions in different aspects of our life that make us feel pleasure and we associate pleasure with um, being connected because the most pleasurable thing, like it's like you just said about like, let's say someone who's heartbroken, this is how you know connection is more important than even eating or drinking because if someone's heartbroken, can they eat? Can they drink? No. They can't do any of those things because they've been robbed of a part of themselves. So... I want people to just like really like take in the fact that like anything you do that you think might be helping you just assess like so let's say you're a smoker right and you smoke every day maybe figure out what are the key points during the day you smoke and you'll find that it's probably mostly habit related and those habits are rituals you have formed to avoid feeling pain at certain kinds of certain types of the day so for instance after dinner you might smoke because it's it's a, a habit you've formed in order to add more pleasure because humans we're not okay with boredom boredom doesn't feel good and it's the same thing with our culture as well our culture is geared towards ensuring this state of people keeping people as consumers and um i think the biggest way to stop feeling so shit and feeling like you because the only way you're going to be able to develop is if you recognize that these vices you have and this dependency you have is not healthy yeah so just on that actually just thinking about because mine's more you know mine's always been a food thing right so a lot of my clients i'm dealing with binge eating i'm dealing with previous ex-eating disorder clients sometimes myself obviously you were witness to my eating disorder period in my life where i was um i hate to use labels i was calorie obsessed i like to use rather than the word anorexic um and then obviously i went through a massive binge eating period yeah and you know both of those things to me were really the same thing they, for me, they were about control, but we only need control when we have lack of connection. Exactly. And, and I totally agree with you. And that's one of the six human needs. And it's something that um, Anthony Robbins talks a lot about is the six human needs. So if that's something interesting, you go have a look. Um, but the biggest thing in life is that, you know, human beings aren't meant to be independent. We weren't meant to live in isolation. And, and can I just say quickly as well, because we have this idea in the self-development community that like individuation and being independent is the top state of perception and operation it's absolutely not interpersonal like cohesive dependency is exceeds that massively so for those people who don't understand his big words because he's highly philosophical sometimes (laughs) what he's basically saying is we celebrate independence as this most dominant like number one thing but actually what what we should be celebrating is the ability to interact with people but not be emotionally dependent on them to validate us and our self-worth because mm. that's the difference so when i talk about myself as being emotionally independent what i mean by that is not i need to do everything by myself but actually i'm emotionally independent in that if you piss me off i'm still going to get on with my day mm. and i think that's the key difference so but whatever these vices behaviors addictions whatever it is you find yourself falling into as your whether you want to call it self-sabotage or your attempt at self-love, that is you just seeking a lack of connection. And actually, when you're able to really work out what it is that you're looking for, and actually, let's just talk about this connection thing. So yeah, let's, just, sure. let's just I talk... Hope, I, by the way, I'm not sure, like, because when I look at that, that it's not really picking up my voice from this side of the mic. So I'm a little bit afraid that it's not picking me up, and I don't know why. Or maybe it's just because I'm... Carry on, sorry. Okay, well, let, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um... So connection, let's like let's just play with that whole concept for a minute. So connection to you, what do you define connection as in terms of in your life? What does connection look like? Connection looks like surrounding myself with people who reflect back to me aspects of myself that I either 
would like to embody, do embody. Um, connection feels like connection isn't right. So for me, connection is simply the recognition of yourself in another person. Mm. Connection is essentially the process with which humans bond. And connection is absolutely imperative for like our survival and our happiness and all these kind of things. But yeah, connection for me means um, having that friend you can turn to. You know, connection means having a support network of people who aren't going to judge you, who are going to listen to you and help you figure out what's going on with you. Okay, so that's what it symbolises to you in your life. So connection to me is similar, but I think connection to me is, you know, what you talked about recognising yourself and other people. Mine is more about other people understanding you and where you're going. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm quite a driven person. I've got direction, I've got goals. And as a result of my personal development journey, and I think connection for me is about being around people that they don't necessarily want to be on the journey with me. They're not like, oh yeah, I want to do that too. Yeah. But they are resonating with my desire for that journey. Yeah. And they are in celebration and support of that. And I think, so this is what I mean. So people when we understand the word connection and think we mean a lover or a partner or a... No. Or family. part of it. 100%. But I also don't think it's necessary. I think what actually, the, and maybe a replacement word for connection could be community a community that totally 100%. gets your back. And, you know, and we talked about this last time about social media. Social media gives you gives you that community, right? It gives you a community of people you can, by a hashtag, find your tribe, right? You yeah. know, your vibe finds your tribe and all that. <clears throat> but at the same time, it can also leave you feeling hyper-connected in a way that actually makes you feel really isolated because mm. you're not getting that physical human interaction. And so I think what tends to happen a lot, and this comes back down to the whole worth thing that we talked about last time is that social media can sometimes inflate and deflate our self-worth very quickly because we rely on it for that sense of connection. Yeah. And then when we don't get it, we fall back into these negative ha habits, patterns, behaviours and etc. vices. To follow on from what you said, so I think one thing that we don't talk about enough is how we socialise children. And through the process of socialization as a child you learn what's going to get you a yay or what's going to get you a don't ever do that again you want more of the yay because um, <laughs> you want more of the uh okay go you well done yeah, yeah good effort yeah, yeah, yeah let's want, go with that yeah no you want you want more of the the positive affirmations and and confirmations and validations because that will make you feel connected to your parental figures right so what happens is is that we don't know who we are because all we know is we take different aspects of other people that are seen as desirable and valuable and we incorporate them into ourselves to be accepted. Mm. So the core under underlying principle of that is that we are ultimately seeking connection. What happens is, is that because not everyone is going to turn around like your mum and be like, oh, you're so cute because you picked up a yoghurt off the floor. <laughs> like, you learn that no one functions that way and no one's going to give you that reaction. So what we do is we change and we adapt and we become different people to get that reaction. Mm -hmm. So in and of itself, our lives, our existence, the way we develop is primarily conditioned early on in our childhood as one perpetual act of escape. And I think this is what can, this is what personal development is, isn't it? It's unlearning all these bullshit principles that you were 100%. taught. And like literally it's like a fog lifts out of your eyes and all of a sudden you're seeing and thinking only for you, not because you are trying to impress your parents or because you're trying to impress your peers or your teachers, because you genuinely are 
passionate about what you're doing. I think that's one thing as well is that if you don't know what you're passionate about, you need to find it. You really need to find it because there is, for me, there is no other way to be happy unless I'm doing what I am passionate and excited about. So we're gonna. So one of the things that I'm doing on my IGTV, uh, actually at the time of recording this, which will be next week. So by the time this goes live, actually it'll be live on my IGTV. Is a whole series around purpose and finding mm. your purpose and a passion is a big part of that. But just touching on what you've said about unlearning beliefs, bouncing that loop, like looping that back around to limiting beliefs. What we're talking about is this is often how most people end up with limiting beliefs. Is they end up with them because of how we've been culturally brought up so culture is a big part of it society community people we surround ourselves with and in our family mm. and the people that spent our time with so a lot of our limiting beliefs and whether they're you know, belief systems full stop whether they're limiting or empowering our belief systems come from like you say the world around us and i think that actually what happens is we sometimes change environments change cultures change whole communities change mm. countries sometimes and change nationalities, yeah. but we forget to change the beliefs that go with them. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that this is one thing that people fail to recognise. And when we talk about that life audit I talked about in the first podcast about completing that audit, really looking at all areas of life, grading them, looking at where they're at, those in, those areas of life are the number that they are because of the beliefs that you hold about that area. Yeah. So a limiting belief is a belief that actually is a negative one. So let's use the example because it's a really generic one about the, your body image. Yeah. A limiting belief would be um, there's no point dieting because I'll always be fat. Yeah. Right. An empowering belief would be, do you know what? This diet might be hard, but I absolutely know I can have the body that I want. Yeah. Right. So those beliefs are conditioned in us and they become about because of either. So let, maybe your mum was a serial dieter and she was somebody that was always on a diet, but never really changed. Your belief is going to be whether you know it is limiting or not is there's no point dieting because I'll always be fat. And diets don't work. Ex exactly. Yeah. So yeah. because of someone else's behavior. So what I always want to try to remind me about limiting beliefs is they're not personal. No. Stop making it so personal. Yeah. Like, it's just a system, it's just something you've taught yourself. It's like you're a parrot. When you're a kid, you're basically a parrot. You yeah. just repeat what is told to you. You are ingrained, you know, go to dog training. <laughs> you're conditioned. Yeah. You go to school and they don't teach you personal development in school. And, but, you know, I'm sad to change that. But yeah. they don't teach you that. So all you learn is what you're taught. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, people come from so many different cultural and societal backgrounds and, you know, financial backgrounds as well. And that has such a big impact on people's belief systems because our world is a, a world that's operated with money as a currency yeah. that we often allow the opinions of others to be more dominant than ourselves, particularly if our parents, you know, the classic one, children are seen and not heard. Yeah. We're going to only hear what other people tell us, absorb those things and move forward. And I and, see this a and lot. As a result this... of the lack of connection, we then subscribe to hierarchy. So those children who are starved of connection as children seek power in their fields and will ultimately generally become hyper successful in what they do, which isn't a bad thing. But they most likely total assholes. Yeah. They neglect their emotional aspects because they were never taught how to. So like, there's a great thing that you just said. I want to just unpick this a little bit is that so like one thing that has helped me is that like when. Because it, like what you say, it's never about what it's about, right? Like Lucy's line, it's yeah. never about what it's about. So like when someone pisses you off, right? Someone could say something to you, whatever. Like you have an interaction with someone or not even that, like, like something like, so let's say, right. Okay. So for instance, let's say, right. So I, I let's say I'm, I'm my mum, right. For instance, and I come home and the house is a mess, right? What I react to is, oh, the house is a mess. And it stirs in me this real anger and feet and sadness and I don't like it and it makes me really upset and I'm not sure why I'm upset right one thing you can do is literally go okay the house is a mess 
why is that so bad? Like, why is that affecting me so negatively? Well, because it means, you know, no one respects my space. Okay, so why is that so bad? Well, it means that no one respects me. And why is that so bad? Because no one cares about me. So the real belief in why you've reacted to that is actually not the fact that the house is messy. It's the fact that you believe through that action that no one cares about you. And this is I always and these say- are core beliefs, limiting beliefs that happen all the while in the subconscious that people aren't aware of. So a lot of people are just so caught up in the anger and misery they don't see the actual belief that underlies the behaviour. Totally. And I always say to my clients, ask yourself why five times. So oh, whenever there's something that like happens, that. ask yourself why five times. Keep going. You know, like little kids go, why, 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 yeah. why? Be that little me on car journeys as a kid. <laughs> be that little kid that asks yourself why five times when something annoys you, upset you. Why? Why does it annoy you? But what you're saying about bringing that back to you know connection and ultimately that people don't care about you, or people don't love you, or or that place of like and rejection is a great one. Like it's the biggest mm. one I see in limiting beliefs, particularly well, because my- rejection is literally the opposite of connection. Totally it's isolation. And forced isolation at that. You didn't even choose it. So there's no power in that. Exactly. You've got connection or power. So I think the biggest thing that comes with that is is people really recognising that actually it comes, like you say, from that desire for connection. So mm. limiting beliefs are just a belief system that we have learnt. They're things that they can't be unlearned, but we just have to go out and learn new patterns, new behaviours, new beliefs that construct, that move us towards connection. Because one of the things that I found about personal development, and some people have you know, very negative views of what personal development is, my views of personal development has actually led me to greater connection. What it will do is it will change your circle because mm-hmm. there will be some people in your life that will not understand personal growth that will not be ready for personal growth, that will not have been taught personal growth, that will not be open to personal growth. And therefore yeah. what will happen is your connection, you may be connected, but it might be with very different people than you initially thought. Because as you change, evolve and grow and you pursue what your passion points, you yeah. pursue the things that make you tick, you construct new environments, you construct more supportive beliefs, you will therefore construct other environments and you will find other people that you connect with who are on your level and as much as that sounds cliche it's a fact because you can only surround yourself if you're seeking that connection which is ultimately at the root of what we all want to do is you will seek connection with people that validate your beliefs whether they are limiting or Mm -hmm. empowering and that's the challenge when you find some come up against someone in your life who is in the opposite space to you yeah so like, I just want to add on to your yeah. point as well, is that like, like you say, so if I have a belief that underlies my behaviour, what humans do, because we need proof that we are right, because it will ensure our survival, if we have a belief that is, and all a belief is, is a thought that takes no effort to think. A be- belief is a thought we keep thinking. Yeah, and you've thought it so much that it's just there. It just yeah. sits in your mind. It's just one of the few ones that And just to clarify for anyone that maybe is a little bit further back, is that you have your subconscious and your conscious. Let's use these in real simple terms. Yeah. Your conscious brain is like your desk in your office, right? It gets used every day. It's very active. And your subconscious is the filing cabinet in the back of your office that you yeah. barely touch. But there's loads of files stored in there. And sometimes from you lose projects. the keys to open it. Correct. Yeah. So one thing I would like to say is that if you are not aware of beliefs that you have, well, let me just say this first. So basically, we can, like you say, we construct the environment that we believe. But what we do is because we're looking for proof that we are right in order to ensure our survival and because our ego is directly attached to our survival, it's how we integrate consciousness. So we will look for, uh, we'll put ourselves in situations with people, places and things that reflect that belief over and over and over again until we become aware that that is a belief that is functioning and change the belief slash 
back to the beginning where we go i'm fucking sick of this yes yeah and you have to get to that point so if you are if you're sat there in that like kind of or someone someone else will be such a mirror for your situation that it will smack you square in the face but even to be able to comprehend that you have to have some sort of level of self-awareness i think so the biggest thing for, for me that's helped me grow and develop is to literally it sounds really cliche but take a step back like when you're stressing about something about what's going on like because it's like you say it's never about what it's about chances are you'll stress you'll be stressing about something that isn't really to do with the situation or person you're stressing about it's to do with how you feel about that situation you know what i mean and it's about reminding yourself as well that you wouldn't have anything happen in your life that you can't handle but in order to accept that you need a, a belief system which is supportive in the way that so I'm very much a believer in the sense that we consciously create and co-create our destiny mm-hmm. with the universe. There's set tendencies We're that we come there. in to learn, yep. but we also have free will. And as a result of that free will, we make our own choices and we those choices will be based off of our desires, based on what feels good and what feels bad. So the more comfortable you can get with accepting that bad things are just uh, a, 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 new, a new chapter to reveal something you didn't know about yourself and you can approach life with more like a alchemical aspect so like you're you're transforming so like this anger that i'm feeling can be unleashed in the form of writing music it can be unleashed in the form of boxing so find healthy old healthy ways of expression and beliefs that will accommodate the desires that you actually have I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Let's bounce a little bit more into limiting beliefs. So with a limiting belief then, you know, one thing I think is really important is, okay, people are like, great, I'm aware of them. I've got fucking loads. Now what? The first step <laughs> is to unpick them. And I hate to be that psychoanalyst person. You need to figure out where they came from. Yeah. And with a limiting belief, again, the line, it's never about what it's about. With a limiting belief, it's about understanding not where that specific belief came from, but how it made, where, how it made you feel came from. Yeah. So let's use money because money's generic enough, right? This is the most common one is we are somebody that's maybe always in debt. We live beyond our means or to our means. We never have enough. We always spunk it up the wall on something. Yeah. That's probably because as a kid, we heard the line, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. So we think fucking hell, if I'm going to earn more money than I've currently got, I'm going to have to work my balls off and I can't be asked. Yeah. Right. So, that's an, a really generic, loose example. But what that makes, what debt or lack of money makes us feel is a sense of lack, a sense of lack of self-worth, a low sense of deserving, and probably a need for us to validate ourselves more in these vices that we talked about. So often the money, therefore, we would have, we would spunk up the wall on cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, partying, etc. Yeah. Because we need that feeling of taking the edge off taking getting the buzz getting the high getting the chasing that because we don't feel like we're ever going to have any more because money doesn't go on trees right that is a very loose example but it's because it makes us feel like money's a far outreaching thing that we'll never have because that's how the initial belief made us feel Mm. and so sometimes it's about you know whether you use that questions why 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 or whether you use the how 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 whether you use where 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 so where did this come from where did you first hear it where who said that you know like the who what where where why how that kind of analogy taking yourself back and going why do i think this well where did i first hear it how did i first feel about this when was that those kind of questions that's how i unpick limiting beliefs a lot of my limiting beliefs and it sounds awful they came from tv Mm. 
a lot of my beliefs about relationships, about money, about career, they came from TV. Well, like the word television, they're telling you a vision. <laughs> exactly. They're telling you a set narrative they want to push. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of my limiting beliefs came from TV. I mean, it's one of the reasons I don't watch TV now. Occasionally I watch oh my it. God. And also that stops people making money because TV profits for cons from consumerism. So the more you can keep people locked in that conditioning from day one, the more money those stations are going to make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. No, no, fine. I love Little it. Little brainwave just said. <laughs> love it. But like, that's my point is one of the reasons I don't watch TV now is because I know that television for me, like I'm quite, because I'm a very all in person, I'm very emotionally invest myself in things, whether that's projects or people. What I then tend to do is if I really like a box set, I really like a series, or I really resonate with something, I'm really invested in it. But actually what happens is I tend to take some of that and try to not implement it, but I feel it. So I resonate with it so much that it almost appears in my own life. Yeah. Not literally, but metaphorically. And I actually think that some people is exactly the same thing. So, you know, the most dramatic people, you know, probably watch EastEnders a hell of a lot. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. because we, we will, again, we'll construct environments based on the things that we believe to be true. And Turn if, it off. It's poison in your head. So, but if we watch EastEnders every day, we believe that to be a portrayal of what is life. Therefore, we're going to recreate that in our own lives because we don't know any different. Yeah. And coming back to what you said at the beginning about, you know, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you've recognised these things in yourself. You have these vices, these behaviours, these sabotages. You've learned them from somewhere. You didn't learn them from nowhere. You haven't made them up. You're not an inventor. Exactly. But at the same time, you have to take fucking full ownership and responsibility about what happens next because that is on you, my friends. So yeah. my decisions about where my body's at, where my wealth is at, where my businesses are at, where my relationships are at, where my time is at, where my well-being's at, that's on me. Mm. It doesn't mean, it, and just to bring on that, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're going to go, oh my God, it's on me. I'm game on. Yeah. You as a natural, like as a human being, we are human beings, not human doings, right? As a human being, you are going to be facing the, the nightmare that is your brain, the subconscious, the conscious, the limiting beliefs, the empowering beliefs, the environments, the non-environments, the lack of connection, the connection every single day. And I, you know, we were talking about this this week. It's about making those marginal gains. It's about making the baby steps in the direction towards a better life. And so if you're sat there right now thinking, oh my God, this shit is amazing, but what the fuck do I do next? Like the first step is work out where the hell you are. Yeah. You know, we talked about a life audit in podcast one. I'm going to ask you to go and sit and pull out what you think your limiting beliefs are across different areas of life. So let's go with wealth, health, work, lifestyle, so that could be the way you party or whatever. Relationships, uh, body and self. Oh, let's break them up, body and self. Let's break those up. Yep. And um, one more. Mm, what have I missed? Um, Self-care. So let's put that in self. So again, so, yeah. we've got body, self, relationships, uh, wealth, work, health, and uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Break those things down. Look at what you believe about those areas to be true, you know? Like, I held so many limiting beliefs for so long about money. And honestly, while I believe those things, my income never increased. The second I released those and really shifted my education around money, so I learned more about how it works, how it operates, what money actually is. Yeah. And as soon as I did that, my income increased. So sometimes, guys, it is can be simple process stuff that's going to help you move forward in those areas. Sometimes it's going to take longer. But just know, we're sat here with people who've had eating disorders, drug problems, yeah. alcohol problems, massive relationship issues. Yeah. I've been in 20 grand's worth of debt. Like, we're not sat here from a place of preaching. No, we we're lived it and it sucks and we changed and that's all it is. And, like, 
the thing is, is that like you have to basically like Russell Brand says this in his step for addiction recovery. It's like Great you book. have to acknowledge, all right, I'm fucked. Could I not be fucked? Let me take steps to make sure I'm not fucked anymore. Three simple things. And if you can apply that kind of like perspective to any aspect of your life, you'll find success. Because as long as you are genuinely assessing yourself from... I mean, we're always going to have a biased view of ourselves because we're emotional people. But all I'm saying is that as long as you can actually get honest with yourself and look at who you see in the mirror and actually be like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm lacking. And this is what I have. Let me focus on what I have, create more of what I have and not beat myself up for what I don't. Mm. Because... If you do that continuously over and over again, you're just going to be miserable. You just will be. Um, if nothing changes, nothing changes. For real. And that's the thing is, is, is that like a lot of people will spend time waiting for this, this epiphany. And also when people get into personal growth, they think that there's going to be this one day where like this one dark night of the soul where all of a sudden the veil is lifted and they can pierce through the realms. No, <laughs> it's not the case. What happens is, is you have that and five minutes later you get stressed at your dog for making a noise while you're trying to focus on something. That's the reality. The reality is, is that Marginal it's continuous gains. effort. Compound effects, slight edge, talked into the first one. Yeah. And it's totally the case. And, you know, personal development as a journey is never freaking ending. So, look, let me just hit you up with some of my absolutely, like, favourite, favourite books. Um, if you're a chick, then I would definitely recommend You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Um, or you can check out Rachel Hollis' Girl, Wash Your Face. I've seen her live in person. She delivered a 90-minute keynote with no notes. She is incredible. Um, or if you are a dude, then I would check... And it doesn't mean you can't read the chick books, but... I I just think people sometimes often resonate with a male voice if you're going to do audible um lewis Howe's the school of greatness and he has a podcast too so it's a worth a podcast checking out they are just some baby steps but more than anything guys it's just about you having that ability to be totally freaking real with yourself call yourself out on your own bullshit because ultimately mm -hmm. the only thing that's gonna you know change your life moving forward is if you're able to make yourself accountable and take ownership of where you are and where you want to go next so I think that that is the way we see it. Yeah. Peace. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Stay engaged with us. Talk to us. Tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Leave us a review or a comment on iTunes. It would mean the world. And if you want to chat to us more, find out what we're up to, you can check us out on our social media platforms. I am at Lucy Superfox on both Instagram and Facebook. And dude... And you can catch me on Instagram at charlie underscore walton 97. See you soon. Peace out.